performance was pitiful from start to finish. There was no tempo, there was no approach. It was the same tedious, stultifying, boring rubbish. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. This is Football Saturday all the way till five. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports. I'm John Duggan. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on your radio, on News Talk across the country. Also watch us if you'd like. We'd love for you too. On the digital and social channels, on YouTube, uh, Twitter, the OTB Sports app and on Facebook. We're joined in studio by the co-ramblers, Boss Shane Keegan, football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward. Get in touch on the text machine if you'd like. 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. You can also tweet us at Off the Ball. Are we all good folks? Are we at the oh, stage where we call, you know, like it's Damien Duff Shelburne? I think Dan had it in his report last night without any irony, but is it Shane Keegan's call for this stage? I, mean, <laughs> I think I've quite Damien Duff status. Johnny, it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, well, it's 10 points from four. Small bit of a stretch. He's, he's, he's just like he's Shane is going to start going in, but he's got his bit of GA in him anyway, so he's just going to be coming in now, like not taking questions. About <laughs> <laughs> actually, be unprofessional. But did you win last night? Yeah, talk to actually, our media officer. I'm actually not allowed to speak about this here. I'll speak about anything else. Like Lenny oh, the BBC. Um, Trust me, Dan, uh, the message has been made loud and clear to me today. Talk about Cove and our big game against Galway as much as you can, Shane. <laughs> get, get as many in the gate <laughs> next Friday the gate next as Friday. you can, Shane. So when are you going to start trash-talking John Caulfield for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, leave I'll leave that to Johnny. i leave that to Johnny. That's very harsh. No. Johnny's yeah, good enough for that. So that's, the, that's not nice. The so. sideline dress, is it a suit and brown shoes yet? No, no, absolutely not. No, tracksuit man all the, all the way. Uh, JD, very much so. You couldn't be wearing a suit in the Irish weather anyway, could you? Shane's one step short of having a banished door thing on his... Uh, <laughs> where where is he? He is, yeah. he is sort of... Um, no water carriers in your it's team. It's semi-GA chic it in is, terms of like yeah, your, your side. And Steve McDonald's a bit like that as well too yeah. sometimes, you know. Just some people who are... If I, I think if the players saw you... I mean, have you ever worn a suit for a game? Have actually, yeah. I used to wear it a good bit. The Premier with Wexford, During the it? summer with Wexford. For Jay. Yeah, okay. Once you get into the summer months, you can chance it a bit more, all right. But um, I think players be looking at you all of a sudden putting on a suit after like 10 games of practice. This, this fella's getting ahead of himself on, just a bit the cameras here. are here today, you know. This is where, that's where the, little, the warning <laughs> signs creep anyway, are they? You can't yeah. be jumping up and down and warning and shouting. Although, coffee lunches, I suppose, doesn't he? He's always reminds me of uh, the Bill Callahan line whenever I get dressed up, I feel like an ex con trying to make good. <laughs> Yeah, you one very there. deep. Yeah, very deep so uh, whatever you're wearing, it's working. Well, Johnny, you're wearing a kind of retro Irish. Is it rugby or soccer top? Uh, it's. I think it's soccer. Actually, I just I, I bought it. It's a retro top. It's obviously just one of these things. Kind of like it's not seventy four Liam Brady kind of vibes off. Yeah, um, but uh, I know uh, Dan wrote a piece about it during the week. But the rebranding at the FAI is quite interesting. But I am actually. I think it's nice that the Shamrock is back. Yeah, uh, but the Shamrock's tilted like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's to signify the ball moving. But a few tilted people on this show. But um, to be yeah. clear, I didn't write a piece <laughs> believing that it is interesting. I think it's the most nonsense debate of all. It's, time. it's not nonsense. But I, I know. I know some people are obviously very energized by it, but like it's not I just, nonsense. I think, like in terms of branding and in terms of certainly the renaming is, is no. It has a, it's a has a value, but like my fear is that like we're like there's an FBI strategic plan ongoing with like lots of important things in it, like mm. lots of really really important things in it. And I do not want to be there in 2025 going, well, yeah, the facilities audit we're getting there. The third tier hasn't quite happened yet. But we've done, do you know what we've done? You know, we've done the logo. And like maybe that's an overly cynical point of view because I think the FBI are doing 
like does this FEI connect after using this year which is excellent it's going to be an excellent resource there are, there are good things going on but there's just a whiff of corporate sort of speak with this stuff here where it's like this is a great you know this is great like but this is something that's in the FEI's control like you know you can you can sort of paint the front of your house and make it look different mm. but if it's still in tatters inside mm. it's still in tatters inside so uh, and everyone has an opinion on the front of your house oh that's nice yeah it's a nice nice Leave my bedroom out of this yeah <laughs> but you <laughs> know back to it is it is one of these things maybe it's like overly cynical maybe just covering the game too long where it's like yeah I understand some people are energised by it there's going to be new kit stuff coming out I get it like people like to wear their merchandise they have an opinion on kits and stuff I personally just don't care um, but I appreciate that in their own world um, there's, there's obviously some benefits to this that they've decided you've done a bit of sales chain um, what does this the League of Ireland manager is a salesman as well Like, but what, if, what, what sure. do you make of it all um, yeah, again, I would be far more concerned with the actual thing. I suppose it's just the selfishness in me. Like, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. There's a lot of decisions mm. the FAI will make and a lot of things the FAI will do that will actually affect a big part of my life, if that makes sense. Um, whereas a new crest doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. So it doesn't really bother me. I have one issue with the app. Was I saying that to you? Well, I, th- I think I believe you're... Well, okay, Mr. GA manager, what's your issue with the app here? The team sheets are live for everybody to see an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff. Interesting. That yeah. is ridiculous. So, but this caused you a problem because you hadn't told your, your side the team yet. Yeah, and even an hour, like, an hour and 15 minutes is a long, long way away from kickoff before informing the team the team. Um, and it changes, it changes your whole prep in terms of the lead into the game because everything now has to move forward by 15 minutes. Um, so is that even a particularly bad thing? I mean... Okay, I see. I see. I see your point. Um, so, but you're actually fine with it if the team sheets go up 15 minutes later. Is that fine? I thought an hour was bang on. I mean, you won't yeah. have a, you won't have a team sheet for a Premier League game within within an hour. Like oh, an hour is never an hour is the cutoff for a Premier League. Never get it more than an hour. Yeah. Um, and look, by the, by the look, way, uh, Everton have scored one 0 against Brentford. Dwight McNeil. I suppose my my bigger gripe was my biggest gripe was I wasn't quite prepared for the fact that that was going to be the case. Now that I know that that's the case, I suppose we can just plan around a little bit better. But uh, how did you get the opposition team fifteen minutes early? By contrast, yeah, I like that. I do like that. So, so yeah, didn't put so arguing like, against myself now. But so uh, Shane, what's that like actually? Because uh, I have to say. Um, I'm really enjoying your uh, return to football management. I, I'm delighted that uh, Cove's going well. I think he'll beat Go United on Saturday or Friday. Ah, stop now, stop but, uh, what's it like that hour before goals, the game? Johnny. What's it like the hour before the game when you you you've made your plans throughout the week? You've done your opposition analysis and all that, but now you know their team. So, and how, what do you do with your own players to tell them that, or to is it a cross between you know new tactics, or is it all about motivation? Yeah, well, there's there's I would be one. I know different people go about it in different ways, but I I wouldn't actually name. I know Martin O'Neill used to get a lot of heat on this, but I wouldn't actually name the starting eleven until we've handed it in until that kind of hour and a half before kickoff. Now they'll know from training. You'd do 11 v 11 shape yeah. that would let... You'll, know. you'll know from the 11 v 11 shape. You'll know nine probably of the positions on any given week and then there's kind of, you know, they're humming and hawing as to who's grabbing those last two jerseys and they won't know until the team is officially named, let's say an hour 15 before. So, like if you, I suppose the point I'm trying to make here, Dan, is the, the, the hour and 15 to an hour, that gap there, right, before kickoff, let's say, that would have been the 15-minute period where I pulled those who were unlucky to miss out in to tell them they had missed out and why they had missed out. 
so I now have to move that forward yeah. another 15 and I wasn't aware in the first Look, week or two your, I do see your point Shane it's a pain right but I, I guess like, I, the FBI have actually managed to execute this thing and get it up and there's I think you're like you have a very personalised frustration with it but I think in the broader scheme of things I mean listen, oh, it's a brilliant I'm just trying to be balanced here no, right? no, it's a brilliant I think the crest stuff is just like I yeah. think they're going dri- to drive it down our throats that this is what we've delivered yeah. but they are trying to do some other stuff that I think is beneficial and like oh, even during the week I was trying to do some p- stuff about the yellow cards and stuff it's very hard to actually get statistical yeah, like, yeah, stuff over a period of time you're, you're there's a market for that stuff. actually there's a market for somebody to do it there is yeah and like they're trying to do, take it on of themselves and if you actually look at FEI Connect now you could have like a, a junior game in some league yeah. in Clare and you can click on a player's profile and see yeah. their history and you stuff probably have. so it's actually yeah. putting the um <laughs> It's sort of putting Irish football on a sort of digital yeah, sort of uh, yeah. but, uh, a tangent anyway, JD, but a lot of people love the crest I'm sure I, I, yeah, can't even, the, I saw it once I can't even remember what it looks like uh, now, that, that so. is important because it's all about connecting with the players knowing who they are and getting that kind of connection with the fans and the players on the crest uh, Ireland football I don't understand why don't they call it era mm. and also the, the shamrock I know it's meant to be moving but I would have preferred it straighter yeah what's uh, your tangent the tangent is, um, I, I, I just sort of saw the headline, I didn't see the piece, there was an interview about John Kiley during the week, and Shane obviously loves his hurling. There's a, a really a line that struck me, he spends more time with the subs than the selectors, and that he's always in the subs' head, like, you're going to come on and you're going to have a big influence here. And what's, like, when I was a kid, obviously, they used to throw the jerseys around the room and you'd be anxiously waiting to see would they fl- fling a jersey yeah, at you, and then you'd look at the number and see what it was, whatever. How, how do you keep subs happy? you can't you're you're not going to keep them happy it's how to try and keep a cap on the unhappiness mm, mm. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely not going to keep them happy and that conversation is never going to go well and even take it back a step further like we would I think most clubs would probably travel with 21 in case anything happens in a warm up or anything happens like that in, you lose a player that you still have your full squad so like the first conversation last night was to tell the one that he was the one and he wasn't even in the match day squad mm. like you know like that obviously that that's not going to go down well no matter how that news is delivered um and then yeah look they're they're, they're not going to be happy and you're, you're kidding yourself if you think they are going to be happy but it's trying to keep them on side actually you are saying about John Kiley there was one with um, Kieran Donaghy who I always think is just a fantastic talker he did a podcast recently and he was saying that the perspective he, he felt he was in an advantageous position in that the perspective he had um he had been a star of a team. He had been not making teams. He has, you know, he's had so many different roles as a player that he understood all those roles now. And he was kind of making the point that he was adamant that when he went into coaching, he was going to treat number 32 the same way he was going to treat number two. And this was his big thing. And that's what you're trying to do. It's kind of impossible, but you're trying mm, yeah. to make some sort of a stab it, at it. It always points to the debate, doesn't it, about the great players becoming managers, that maybe s- some of those who've been great and, on, and only ever been a star man, like maybe the challenge for them is to learn to relate to, to the, the, the peripheral the players who've right never back. been a peripheral you know what player. I mean? yeah. and, and their lot and their plight. Another, another line, actually, which I thought was great from last night in the League of Ireland, Decky Devine on about young McManus, he said, I learn from him every day. And it reminded me of Con Hoolan saying, I taught because I wanted to learn from the students. And Decky's for, saying, for saying, like, this kid is, what, 18? 17. 17, he's a lot of chat. He's doing his leaving cert. Uh, at the moment he's um, this, I mean think of what you did in your leaving cert year anyone <laughs> out there um, but James McManus is training with Bowes Monday, Tuesday and Thursday uh, he trains with Bowes in the morning then cycles to I think it's St. Declan's and Cabra does his, the rest of his classes in the afternoon and then catches up in the morning once he's missed in the evening does a full day in school on Wednesday 
presumably a full day on Friday, you know, mm. you know, within reason for where they're playing. And um, yeah, like he's a full-time footballer in school. Went into um, midfield last night in the Dublin Derby, JD, and apparently was excellent. Um, so yeah. it's, it's a, I, I just, I thought that was a great line and one of the big stories. I'm just interested it. in coaches out there if you want to get in touch, 53106, how you kind of deal with kids that you have to disappoint in terms of leaving them out. I remember myself being like left out of the Joey's team and it kind of, like it was very much traumatic at the time. And, we never got over that actually. Uh, I, I don't think, well, it, on a serious note, you know, the way these things are handled is really, really important, you know? It's massive. And well, like, I mean, sorry, John, like, well, I mean, it's obviously, a, I mean, there's actually, this is actually the type of debate that does get people involved because clearly we're moving towards in football in this country a word that people hate um, but probably moving towards a more elite culture you know and it's, mm. elite is almost a you know a dirty word for some people or it's oh, a contentious absolutely. word and you have this situation now where people go into underage league clubs and then you know they have their hopes and dreams and are getting dropped and how you handle yeah. someone being released and that's a real no, that's been a real, a real is, issue. Yeah. And even, on a, again, slightly but on the point, I don't know what context Deck made that comment in, statement in. I, I, I like Deck. He's a, great, a really great fellow. But there will be different styles of management and there will obviously be, like, some managers will react to a player suggesting something as an affront. Like, I am the authority here. You know, you do what I say, you don't, you don't tell me. Um, but then... You know, lots of managers would go the other way, and and I would probably be in the the, the second category. And I I don't mind admitting that at one nil up, and hanging on a little bit last night, uh, in a break of play, our our captain jogged across, and gave me his opinion of what was happening on the pitch, and suggested a, a tactical tweak, um, which we went to it. We said we'd have a look at it for five minutes and see would it help. Um, you end up running, running out and winning the game three 0 and Who's your he, he walks into the dressing room after the game and wants to know where's his pro license. <laughs> Who's your captain? Uh, Jason Abbott. Right, okay. Uh, goals in the Premier League. Everton 1, Brentford 0, Dwight McNeil. Uh, Leicester 0, Chelsea 1. Ben Chilwell's having a great run and he scored for Chelsea. We'll get on to Liverpool in a moment, but just on that, Sean Hoare went over to the fans last night there at Shamrock Rovers. That was an interesting thing. That was the going. only one, yeah. yeah Viral. So, so yeah, it was Shelburne, Shamrock Rovers, not all last night. And I suppose to put it in context, Shamrock Rovers are going for four in a row this year but they've played five games this season now and still looking for a first win four draws and, and one defeat the irony is in the defeat they probably played their best football against Derry last Friday so yeah like I mean like they were the better side in the game without without banging the door down it was a, probably a typical nil all in some ways slightly stronger team frustrated by a slightly weaker one um, but yeah full time see there was another episode with Graeme Burke um, who had actually been substituted but classic you know you know, we walk over and shake hands, or sorry, applaud the fans. But we saw Graham Burke reacting and getting involved with a, a supporter and sort of being not dragged away, but players sort of steering him away and management having words with him. Um, and we actually asked Stephen Bradley about that afterwards, and he sort of was playing it down. And I don't know Graham Burke is an emotional character, which he is, like he can be sort of fiery. But then this thing comes out later on that night that you see that Sean Hoare who's someone that Shane would have would have worked with and would know him, um, had, yeah, like had, uh, clearly there was some negative comments coming from behind the fence and he was trying to, in fairness to him, I don't know, like uh, he actually went and tried to engage with the fans and have a discussion with them. I handled it really Which well. I think is actually quite a mat- you know, mature thing to do and just explained his point of view 
argued their their point, whatever whatever it was, because I don't think we got the full discussion. But basically, just said something about supporters when we're winning or losing. And now, obviously, other clubs think it's hilarious because this is Rovers, who are really aren't in crisis at all. They've won everything the last three years, and there's like it, it looks like a meltdown when you see that clip, you know, and it's sort of a ten second thing. Um, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you, what was it? Was the Eric Dyer a couple of years ago went into when because his brother yeah. I think was getting hassled in the stands. I think it was against Norwich. Went in, yeah. went into the stands. There's a real like there's obviously some people would say and, and there's obviously been more serious instances in Italy where it wasn't their player being racially abused and went into and there'd be probably an old school view from some people saying no you don't engage you know you don't get involved um, but clearly like um, like there was actually an instance there last year um, where Bo was in the same ground in the same section they got hammered by shells and Jordan Flores went up to try and talk to the Bo and they, the, the Bo's players were getting abused back you know and then you're probably thinking should I why, why do you do this? Well, bother, you know? yeah. But um, I don't know. I think there's... Um, I thought Sean Hoare probably handled it reasonably. Yeah, he okay. did. He, he I think up. Rovers fans, JD. I mean, I, I, spoke, I spoke to a few Rovers fans on the bus on the way out and it was like, what do you make of things? And What number bus? Uh, ooh, generally the 16 when it, you The 16 was full, so we had to wait for the one. So we were on the number one and straight away we got to talking to the fans going to the game and we got, we established a connection. Yeah. Stag and Galway, uh, Dan, at a Galway United match, oh, yeah. I remember. Cousin of Joe's, if you're listening, Joe's. Um, so the Rovers fans last night and I heard one or two of them giving out afterwards. They were absolutely mute throughout the game. They were like, you've won. You, this just shows what success can do to you in all these games in Europe. I'm following Galway United 25 years. We've never won a first division, never won anything. If we won a first division this year, it'd be amazing. And we'd, we, we'd celebrate that like we won the World Cup. And Rovers fans have gotten so complacent with success that they were like, you'd barely notice they were there last night despite the fact they were the better team. And then this nonsense at the end, and obviously might have been one or two fans, but like, let's not uh, go into crisis mode here. They're Seven points off Derry. They played well last night. I thought they played well against Derry. They, their defence was really good again last night. Um, and it just goes to show success can be uh, something that, I, I guess, you know, you get complacent, you get used to it. And, I mean, I, I'd like to be a, I'd like to be a Shamrock Rovers yeah, fan of the last few years. But you're looking for a perspective from football. Like the whole, like, football is your hobby in your life. Like, you know, like, you're not always rational. Like, you'll have, you'll have, uh, You'll have Man City fans going mad, like, and they've won everything in recent. Well, I throw the TV out the window every Wednesday when I watch that. Well, you've got reason to do that. Get on to them in oil, But like, so I, I don't know. Like, you know, if if your team had won everything, do you do you become more relaxed then when they don't win? Like, there's always going to be at a oh, Tottenham scored. There's always there. You go. Heard you hold the TV. Yeah, I think Pat like, fans will be interested like, in like, the moment. Like, sorry, sorry, yeah. like, Johnny. I think like the whole point is like people will talk about playing for Shamrock Rovers, the, you know, the best club to play for in the country. You want to be challenged that's sort of part of the territory like you have a couple of bad results and there is a bit of an overreaction but like that's you'd rather that than no one being bothered yeah okay sorry the Watford fans last Friday were amazing they were on the back of the team after about 15 minutes and I was like how does this help players like you know in that the Watford players a lot of them um, maybe they're not playing to their full ability at the moment but the the fans were getting at them like and I was like how how does that actually help players when you're basically moaning and berating them after 15 minutes in a game I I just found it really weird especially if it's like the third game of the season or whatever we're on Everson Ferguson watch uh, Evan Ferguson starting up front for Brighton Uh, goal is against Leeds Everton 1 Brentford 0 Dwight McNeil Crucial goal, Leicester nil, Chelsea won, Ben Chilwell and Harry Kane has scored for Spurs 1-0 up against Nottingham Forest. What is going on with Liverpool after last week? 7-0 victory against Manchester United and then they lose 1-0 away to Bournemouth today. 
they had good chances at nil all, but they coughed up chances in the game. They shouldn't really have lost the game, but they they were poor defensively, poor out of transition. Um, I I mean Salah was poor again today. He, he you know he was lucky to stay on. I don't know, JD. Was this was like Liverpool have been playing up until recently? Um, it's sometimes hard to lift yourself for these early games on Saturdays. I think the Man United game was obviously a complete freak. They had eight shots on target, um, but I don't know. I, how can you explain that? And it was it was a poor performance. But I think like by like we touched on it before, like Liverpool, like it's it's the it's the consistency that kills you when things start to go a bit. Like they have these brilliant performances, they've had them across the season, but you just don't trust them to back it up, and that's when, like, that's the danger of like they they hammer Manchester United, or they've had a couple of previous games against Man City earlier in the season, and that's it. The corner is turned. It's like no, you can't. Like they've they've lost games. Um, and had these really bad afternoons with really bad application and concentration and like Shane you would know when a team is really at it and plugged in for a season you can trust them to be consistent if nothing else and they're not in that place well, consistency They've lost 7 of their 13 away games yeah. They've lost most of their away games They've actually lost this season in the for, me, for me the one place on the pitch JD that you need consistency above all else is in your defensive setup and and how you defend as individuals If you've got consistency there you can afford your winger your centre forward your 10 whoever they can afford to be inconsistent they can you know make a ball to two or three passes and then come up with something special for you but your defending has got to be consistently concentrated and you've got to have the ability to snuff out danger and you look at the goal like Liverpool should have won the game today okay they played three times as many patches as Bournemouth they had the better chances in the game Van Dijk should have had two bloody goals himself never mind the missed penalty um, but the problem is you look at the goal they conceded and it's like it's just like you're you're looking at it and you're going I've seen this goal four or five times this year Trent Alexander-Arnold at fault I think Virgil van Dijk is a, is at fault first and foremost I don't understand why he decides to drop off after engaging with the player first he then decides to drop off and, and give him that angle um, to be able to get to the byline and pull it back but then yeah Trent like there's just no sense of sensing where the danger is or sniffing where the danger is and going to, 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 to quench that fire before it, it, it takes off and like I don't know if there's an appetite within for him and again he's such a fantastic footballer like he's you know unbelievable on the ball absolutely unbelievable player on the ball but there's literally no concept of you know can I spot the danger can I be there can I solve a problem before it occurs it's just so lax when, when they're out, out of possession It's the kind of result that could to- cost them the top four you know Well the, the top four JD is just a ridiculous race at the moment because we've had previous Premier nobody League wants seasons. it nobody oh. wants the fourth spot we've had previous Premier League seasons where you're looking at, at teams finishing 5th, 6th arguably even 7th saying geez, they've had a really fantastic year this year you know they're, they're quite unlucky that the teams above them were so strong and have kept them out it's the exact opposite this year you're like if the, I, I, every time I look at the league table I expect to see Spurs mid-table I expect to see Spurs mid-table because it's been that kind of season they've been consistently poor um, horrendous to watch time and time again so poor how the hell they're sitting in fourth position and on the back of today's result if they can win after Liverpool losing a, a hell of a chance that they might still go and hold on to fourth it's just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and like Liverpool could end up in fourth Spurs could end up in fourth Newcastle okay they were going a lot better they've dropped off but 
would any of those three teams say that that they're Champions League material at the moment? I wouldn't have thought so. I hate the top four debate in ways because then you actually are in the Champions League, which Spurs were like during the week, and they played like such horrendous football. Uh, Bournemouth won Liverpool nil a result folks Liverpool fans get in touch why, why is this happening is it because your players are not robots maybe they're playing too much football 5-3-1-0-6 Everton nil, uh, one nil up against Brentford so Dwight McNeil for the Toffees they lead at Goodison Park Leeds nil Brighton nil Leicester nil Chelsea won Tottenham won Nottingham Forest nil in the Championship Bristol City beat Blackpool 2-0 uh, latest scores Birmingham won Rotherham nil it is Burnley won Wigan nil Coventry and Huller goalless as are Preston and Cardiff. It's QPR 1, Watford 0, Reading 0, Millwall 1, Sheffield United 0, Luton 0, Swansea 1, Middlesbrough 0, West Brom 0, Huddersfield 0, and in Scotland, Celtic 1 in the Scottish Cup, 3-0 away to Hearts. We're going to talk about Gary Lineker after this break and also Manchester United as well on the show today. Um, 53106, Money Talks, the BBC could easily replace Lineker and the other presenters if they offered a very high salary for presenting match of the day, etc. to new talent eager to progress in their careers. And another one, I suppose, the one good thing that will come out of the whole Gary Lineker affair is that it will dispel arguments that mainstream media are pushing the establishment's woke agenda. We're back with Football Saturday in a moment on 53106. Get in touch. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport this season. This is News Talk. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports, and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106 in the company today of Shane Keegan, the Cove Ramblers boss, the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, and the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward. Uh, tweet in here from Danny Darcy. Uh, do all the Liverpool fans drinking 7-Up last weekend want to try some cherry Coke today? After the one 0 defeat against Bournemouth, oh, so much here, JD. Oh. Shane's in the uh, yeah. Shane's in the Johnny watching Evan Ferguson seat today. Uh, well, he, is, uh, oh, here we go. Yes. Here we go. It's not him though. McAllister. Alexis McAllister has scored as we speak for Brighton. One 0 they lead Leeds. You're a Johnny big fan was, of Brighton. Johnny was nearly out of a chair there. Like he mm. will well, invade he will never, face. You'll never, you'll never match the Ferguson scream that we heard here a few weeks ago. I don't know. I don't know, JD. <laughs> like this, this game's got what sixty minutes left. He's already showing a bit of potential now to go that way. He's uh, he's in his retro Ireland shirt and he's ready to go. Retro looking forward. Oh, we got a really good tweet here. I actually text uh, JD Reid, the Lineker fallout. Has the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward got the call from the BBC at and like Lineker, will he present match of the day in his underpants I, if Galway I, win the first division? I, I, I did Twitter spat with Gary Lineker before about uh, Rory McIlroy. It was one of the most bizarre instances <laughs> of my life. Remember. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I, I do think Gary Lineker tries to, I think he does tr- use Twitter a bit to kind of, we've all been there to try to have a bit of crack and rise people, but I'm not sure he thought this was going to go where it went. Mm. We should clarify also we've got various people have been sending messages to myself and Shane pointing out <laughs> that Shane, Shane's attack on the in, the integrity issues yeah. uh, raised by the, the, the new FEI Connect app is uh, badly misguided. Um, no, it, it was pointed out someone covering Premier League was even saying you can get the there's an app in which the teams are released there an hour and 15. I don't go to enough games over there obviously. Yeah. So it's uh, it's actually standard enough what the FEI are doing. They're probably regulating an area that needs to be regulating but Shane wants to play mind games with his players <laughs> and with the opposition and just wants to you know he wants to you, Shane it's the LG I think he wants to put on a sub no, th- here's number 34 who's that you know and he's been signed and bear in mind I don't, I don't mind admitting my only real gripe here is that it ended up, I ended up with a scenario last weekend where before I had managed to tell my team tell my players the team 
they could see the team on the app and that was because ah, we got our travel okay. plans wrong so yeah. the boys were, were late arriving to Longford we weren't we were they were still on the bus an hour and 15 minutes before kickoff, which meant they could see it before I got a chance so I was I was uh, trying to find an escape code to blame other well, than myself for our, our disorganisation last yeah. weekend. Yeah, it's almost like an app's going to decide me now what I'm going to have for dinner before I even uh, <laughs> uh, know what I'm going to have. Um, Gary Lineker, you're the voice of reason on the show, Dan. So oh what's, what's your what's your take on the whole? What do you think? Well, well like, the thing about it firstly is that I do think sometimes um, in Ireland, like we, we get great amusement out of the uh, the British political system and its quirks and the sort of yeah Britain's broken and it's crazy and we sort of like we're not exactly perfect in our own little world here are we you know like you see a lot of um, strange things going on in Ireland at the moment um, you know people who are who sort of think uh, you know housing crisis is to do with all these foreigners coming in and all these marches and Nigel Farage's press officer stirring up things and in places including the town where I'm from where I think people are marching today so we're not perfect but like it is it is absolutely insane um, what has happened in the last sort of whatever 36, 48 hours um, and like I'm very conscious of, of us just you know sitting around here agreeing with each other about it and um, that'll probably wind some people up and annoy them um, but well I'll say like, one it, thing I'll... a complete loss of like um, like there's like you know, there's a complete loss of perspective, but it's very like illuminating, and it shines a light on, like you see things like the Super League and and how how you know Qatar, and you have this sort of, you know, we talk about the morals of football a lot, Man City, and we talk about sort of uh, Newcastle, and you sometimes you tell, well, you can't change anything, you know, like it's it's you know it's it's you just you have to you know accept that the world is flawed and that's the way it is. But there is actually does show that there is a certain degree degree of power that people still have if they take a stand, as has been proven by yeah. the the pundits in the last twenty four hours. It's like uh, if you have a sort of a bit of a collective approach uh, without getting into getting bogged into the weeds of the debate, um, it does actually show the power that influential. Um, sports personalities do hold whether that's a good or a bad thing people can decide otherwise but um, I, mean, I don't know where it ends now I mean how do you actually get out of this situation well there's now? a statement there from BBC oh. this afternoon uh, they'll only be able to bring limited sport programming this weekend and our schedules will be updated to reflect that we're sorry for these changes which you recognise will be disappointing for BBC Sport fans. We're working hard to resolve the situation, hope to do so soon. Uh, well, I think the only thing is, is there going to be a climb down from the BBC? Because there's, there's not. I can't see Gary Lineker back in the match of the day chair at no, all. No, and, and the thing is, like, um, where... <laughs> like, it's... it's it's. I, I don't know why I'm equating it to the Super League thing, because it's obviously way more serious on a lot of levels, but that just took off to the sense where it was almost a case of like a couple of clubs in the Premier League stepped out of it and then the others sort of felt they needed to do it or else they were going to be, you know, they were going to be hounded. And like, who goes in and takes that seat now? Like, who actually go? If that was the case and Gary Lineker leaves, you know... Boys and Chalice. Then who... Well, like, I think, I think the, to be fair, I think the show of show solidarity is impressive. Um, and look, I'm sure different people have different motives. I would think some people are taking the stance based on ethics others are taking the stance based on perception of how they would be seen by by the public based on one thing or another but look again without wanting to go on a, a bloody GA tangent again it did just bring me back to the to the to the situation where it was was it Jim McGuinness looked for for 
a reporter to be removed or a, a journalist to be removed from one of his. That was a his, disgrace, actually. It's to do with the Kevin Cassidy. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and you're, I'm kind of looking and going, uh, you know, back then, should everybody have got up and walked? They should out? have. They should have. Yeah, but it's, no, it's and, so and they, I know you're fair. in a difficult situation, and if, if if it were me, I'd be like, God, what would I have done? But yeah, yeah. That, that journalist made an absolute pariah in that instance, and it was wrong. So I think yeah. the, the solidarity they've shown here is is reason. Look, as I said, the mortals might be different, but it is quite impressive that they've they've all rode in behind Lineker here. Mm, they've strengthened numbers together, I mm. suppose. I mean, I think even like, the commentators as well, because then, like, you know, where do you go with it? Like, there's probably, and people don't want to get into this debate, but I'm sure there's, like, I'm not sure if all those commentators are permanently staffed, you know, they might have a freelance element to it. Mm. And naturally, like, you know, maybe, fearful, fearful. Yeah, people, you know, like, you know, people higher up the chain are maybe more financially secure than those further down, you know, and can afford to take decisions that some can't. But, I mean, this is like a flagship program like match of the day is like you know you, you hum the tune in your head like it's a it's the part of the fabric of uh of life for people yeah. not not just in England but here yeah, you know and and, and and in other places um, do you think so that, so would they have had the conversation I'm surprised that it wouldn't no, I think, have occurred I think the BBC didn't have uh, I didn't think I don't think they thought this out before they, they sh- did yeah. they should have preempted that this could snowball exactly as it has done like how did they did they think everybody would just say oh fine You've told Lineker to step down, but Ian Wright would be fine with it, Alan Shearer would be fine with it. How did they think this the was going to play out? Like? Yeah, but it's the Streisand effect element of it now, where, of course, I mean, things that should have been a, a talking point before, um, uh, and again, we're getting we're going off to the tangent of a sports yeah. show here, but, you know, the BBC and their relationship with sort of, you know, the, the various influential figures in the BBC and their political background, and as I said, not getting smoked. There's a lot wrong with uh, how Irish uh, life and official Ireland interweaves with uh, the media and other things. So I'm just very conscious of, of making that stance without sort of being uh, accused of, of not being aware of it. But, I mean, the the, the lines are so blurred there between, um, you know, state and broadcasting and oh. your relationships. So... Um, but they've they've got themselves into a corner now, right? Honestly, I don't know what the, the solution yeah. is other than letting Lineker continue. Yeah. Um or well, Mark he, Lawrence, as he said earlier on the show today, like he's stubborn, he's not gonna back down on it. Why should like, he's dead right? Yeah, like Patrick Bamford to score, by the way, for Leeds one all against Brighton here. Great strike, Jim. Um, I wouldn't agree with the tweet, but suspending him just shows how popular he is and the way he carries that they don't want his voice, they don't want his popularity, they don't want that platform. They may have made the decision independently, but the chairperson of the BBC is a Tory donor. What would yeah. you be with the yeah. tweet? Um, I just think that um, the Tories are a very unpleasant bunch, in my opinion, but you can't compare their actions with the actions of Germany in the 1930s. Yeah, well, um, I think I think you can in the sense of language used, but it's yeah, it's almost not... Language used. D- d- language used. Language yeah. used rather than actions. Like they are talking about I, policy that's, that's yeah. going to be condemned internationally. I, I think, J.D., like... You know, I'm not sure where I am, where I'm on, where I'm at with free speech, because free speech is all well and good. Um, but there's, you know, there's a point where you, you go too far. And maybe Lineker went a little bit too far here, but all the BBC needs to do then is just give him a call and say, listen, just going forward, this might be an issue because we don't really want to get involved in this. Um, now, you can, I, I do a political uh, podcast every week with a couple of lads in England. And they think the BBC is an absolute joke on politics, like an absolute joke what it lets the Tory party away with. So for the BBC to think that... Well, it's double standards because Andrew Neil and Lord Trigger have clear views, which they're entitled to. Yeah. But they have the platform for those views in the BBC. So Ab- Ab- uh, Gary Lineker is a freelance broadcaster. Absolutely. He was tweeting. He didn't say it on Match of the Day. He's not a news presenter. He's not a political presenter. Absolutely. And then you've got the whole of Britain in flames now because football is their cherished popular sport. And, I, I and this was, is an institution of a programme. Uh, 
the, the freelancing is interesting because like I, I do remember before one of the organisations I worked for as a freelancer kind of had a quiet word to me about some stuff I was tweeting and I was like yeah fair enough and and there was nothing more came of it and I can only I was I only had to remember it smart because it was like have I ever been in that instance as a freelance journalist but how the BBC have allowed it to come to this um, the irony is match of the day is pretty shite like it's not it's not even watch your language yeah it's it's uh, Johnny Ward has just been let go by uh, off the wall <laughs> so I, when I was preparing for I was going to a race meeting in England last weekend and in the hotel I put on match of the day and the EFL highlight show match of the day is so padded now with so few games on and it's never the show that and it this, was Johnny you've, you've, like, you've said there's too much talk on a match of the day you're, you keep saying this on talk shows where you're talking it is ma- <laughs> yeah, the irony, the irony is Johnny's analysis is there's too much analysis we're on a talk show there aren't enough games the irony is match of the day isn't very good anymore but Lineker, the Lineker thing the BBC have massive eggs in their faces here I think like if he said something that was ridiculous and racist and horrible they could say fair enough but this is just an opinion that was was perfectly reasonable like, opinion you're, you're too you're, you're too famous you have too many followers on Twitter to have an opinion on anything he's too, pop- he's, 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 he's too popular see that's the issue I think that, that that's out there and, 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 and people in power don't like his popularity I just hate this culture war stuff I hate it I hate mm. I hate left wing cancel culture I hate right wing authoritarianism I hate the way it divides people and I hate the way Absolutely. it's engulfing society in flames of outrage every day like whatever the migrant bill people I don't even know what it is mm. it's, yeah. you know, it's mm. all about Lineker and, and, and this route with the BBC yeah no, and I've seen some people making that point on the, the Sky papers last night the, the Sky newspaper review that again like it's it's a great distraction from the actual most of the debate but it, again it just goes to show what engages people and like sometimes it's 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 the trivial issue like you see you know you can have a debate about like a uh, issues around horse racing and welfare but you need Gordon Elliott a picture of Gordon Elliott and suddenly that becomes the thing that everyone goes yeah, mad about you know and, and other more serious issues are probably overlooked um, and, and that's it like that's it there's an accessibility the news cycle moves on like three four days time the political classes maybe aren't obsessed by this but it does question where match of the day to bring it back to a football sense actually stands and also like it just as I said, maybe I repeat myself. Like the power of football in a weird way. How like in this time of culture wars, and you're like I completely agree with your sentiment on this. But like that, it actually is something like football that's probably allowing people to maybe consider some positions and consider certain things. Consider the BBC, um, and maybe some some good comes of that in a weird way. I I, I do wonder what Lineker's motivation was as well, because if you like, let's be honest. Any any comparison to 1930 Germany. You know, you're 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 very potentially landing yourself in some sort of stuck here, justifiably. Like, so why did he do it in the first place? That's maybe well, for replying to someone. What was your? So I, I think people are probably listening to this going. What oh, was your stab with Lineker about? He called Roy McElroy British, um, and I oh. was like, well, well, that's you're, just, you're lucky he responded to you. We we it was like a. I think my I seem to recall my sister was getting married the next day, and I was kind of it was one of the things that we were talking about the wedding was oh did you see Twitter last night thank god I'm not on Twitter anymore and because uh, I don't get in spats anymore but yeah Gary Lineker took the bait totally and, but a lot of it is he's goading as well like he put that McElroy's British tweet up to get a reaction entirely and he, he did this to get a reaction as well let's be honest I mean you don't compare anything to Nazi Germany and not get a reaction 53106 I think the debate has been missed is Lineker actually right I know it's not a debate for a sports show and it isn't but what it's right is right and things like what he said is humanitarian rather than political yeah. says Niall also fair play to Liberal forwards who in solidarity with Lineker decided not to provide any highlights for match of the day <laughs> <laughs> another one for all Liverpool um, uh, I'm sick to the teeth of listening all morning from seven about Gary Lineker who gives a have you anything else to discuss says Dan uh, and uh, 
it, it's the top story everywhere and I'm not even I don't even find it necessarily that interesting I think there are a lot of other things that we should be reading ahead of this but people each to their own You're completely missing the point Lineker's not referring to actions the Tory party is talking about rhetoric and he's right yeah. the language being used to describe migrants is similar yeah. to 1930s Germany Yeah, yeah I don't think there's, yeah. I, don't, I have to I would disagree with you I don't think the tweet I could understand why an employer would say mm, not sure about that but I think the tone of his tweet was was pretty okay you know but I can see like you know if you I can see there's certain words within it, but I think the context in which you used it is probably it's, fine. it's the overreaction. It's yeah. it's that it's just it's just utterly staggering, and it's look, it's the big story across the water. It's big, like, it's a big story here. Uh, five three one zero six. We want to get a touch on anything. Uh, Leeds won, Brighton won at half time. Leicester won, Chelsea won. So Leicester have equalised in this game of the King Power. Pats and Dako came into the team today, has scored. Spurs now tilted up against Nottingham Forest. Uh, Harry Kane with a penalty, uh, his second goal of the game. And Everton won Brentford nil. This goal coming from uh, Dwight McNeil earlier on. Liverpool losing 1-0 away to Bournemouth. And Crystal Palace, Manchester City at half five. Do you want to see Conte out of Spot? You're a Tottenham fan like myself. Uh, Do you want to see him gone now? 100%. Oh, no. and, and, uh, but I would have said that a good while ago now. That's not just reacting to Wednesday night's result or basically the week they've had in general. Like It's, it's, oh, it's just about bearable to watch when you're getting results just about um but at the moment it's it's neither is happening um and it's just it's <coughs> like we've we've the Brighton game on the background here right like what would you give JD to see Tottenham trying to play every week like Brighton are trying to play up there on the screen at the moment and it's not going to guarantee you a win and I realise that like in the opening two minutes of the Brighton game they played four passes inside their own 18 yard box with players breathing down their neck and managed to escape the pressure turned out and they were away and they were up into the final third on the front foot within a couple of seconds like I absolutely love watching It's a good Brighton. place for Evan Ferguson to be playing at the moment. Oh, yeah. a f- it's brilliant. It's a fantastic environment for him to be in. It really, really is. And like I, I look, every manager will have their ups and their downs and it won't be a con- consistent upward trajectory for De Zerbi. I can assure you that he'll have a few blips along the way. But I do think he is a manager who is going to reach the top and end up managing teams that are in and around Champions League you know trying to win Champions League titles and that kind of thing um, they're they're fantastic to watch Spurs are horrendous to watch um, a friend of mine who's a very regular texter and listener to the show was over on, on Wednesday night and he just said he's a season ticket holder and he said this was the the, the worst experience he's had going across um, booed off at half time booed off at full time nothing to get you up out of your seat in a Champions League quarter final where you're only one goal behind or sorry last 16 I couldn't believe how flat it was I I must admit I was watching the other game primarily but you're you Mm. know you're you're flicking um, and clearly there was a a delay or something that you got to see the end of the Spurs match at least I'll I'll get the last eight nine minutes here there's going to be a siege I know know the red card had happened and that probably diluted even the reaction to the red card Dan right I understand we've had a defender sent off why substitute an attacker for a defender when mm. you've only got a couple of minutes left to score a goal? I, I couldn't believe it. I yes. just... Um, oh yeah, look, I the talk, JD, seems to be... There seems to be, from reading kind of Jack Pitbrook and the Athletic and just kind of the Tottenham fan boards and all that kind of thing, there seems to be two different lines of thought. One being around Pochettino and the other really prominent name that seems to be consistently getting linked is Luis Enrique. Um, so Paratici apparently likes, yeah. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Look, Pochettino. I don't know about you. I take no, no. I just uh, well, it just gives the club a pass for three and a half years of waste, and I just can't. I just can't have that. 
It's kind of, I just can't, I can't deal with it anymore. You can't cut off your nose to spite your face. You've seen Network, have you seen Network? JD, sometimes you go to the restaurant for you know you like the food rather than walking around and realising I like it, Dan. I like that. I'm with you all the way there. Sometimes like, I'm that man Where are you going to go to this evening? Go to the restaurant. Go to the restaurant. Okay, if you do a restaurant analogy around Johnny Ward, he's just going to want like a five star, a five star candlelit one. My point is with Pochettino, it's what you know. It's your like, it's your reliable, it's your reliable meal you know what you're going to get there quiz. what are than walking around the block you know really on holidays yeah, you walk around we'll, we'll, oh we'll go in here I will go blocks. in there it's like calling crisps chips now like <laughs> going around but, the block like you know Spurs well let's oh. try something different because that might be better but maybe no, no, maybe no. it's steak and chips is what we want yeah you just want steak and <laughs> chips that's all you okay, want the, the, the players like fish and chips like. yeah. um, Shane Keegan I mean your star is rising yeah. Did you know we had you'd this conversation wear, at the start, Johnny? You'd have to wear the suit, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Long scored for Birmingham two 0 uh, They lead uh, Rotherham uh, in the women's national league. Bohemians nil, Shelburne two after thirty eight minutes. Jesse Stapleton and Megan Smith Lynch on the mark in the Six Nations. Uh, Wales leading Italy by twenty nine points to ten. That's the latest score. England France four forty five start at Twickenham in the Allianz National Hurling League Division two A results. Offaly 119, Carlo 112 at O'Connor Park and Kildare 220, Kerry 21 points, Newbridge. And in the Very Ireland Camogie League Division 1B, full time Wexford 415, Offaly 27, and Waterford lead Antrim by 10 points to 4. In the Premier League, goals going in and a second one for Chelsea. Obviously, always subject to VAR because it's just flashed on my screen, but Kai Havertz has scored. If that stands, it'll be a second in a week for him. Tottenham 2, uh, Nottingham Forest nil at half time. Leeds 1, Brighton 1, and Everton 1, Brentford nil. Bournemouth beat Liverpool by goal to nil earlier on. Crystal Palace and Manchester City kick off at half five in the Championship. Bristol City 2, Blackpool nil is a result. Birmingham 2, Rotherham nil at latest. Half time, Burnley 1, Wigan nil. Wigan down to 10. Coventry nil, Hull nil. It's Preston nil, Cardiff nil. QPR 1, Watford nil. Reading nil, Millwall 1. Sheffield United nil, Luton nil. Swansea 1, Middlesbrough nil. West Brom 1, Huddersfield nil. And in Scotland, Celtic beat Hearts in the Cup by three goals to nil. Yeah, deserve a really good article about him in the Examiner. Um, it was the Guardian I think I read it uh, about his just his different styles he's kind of mixing and matching a lot of different styles with his pressing football a bit of possession football and also he is getting his defenders to press mm. yeah they've literally just played the highlights clip of the first half here as you were as you were chatting there JD and they've, they've just given three or four examples of um, Brighton basically trying to play out with five players keeping five over the halfway line trying to play out with their other five plus their goalkeeper um, with players absolutely breathing down their neck and look it is it is high risk they gave two or three examples where it worked brilliantly and they got out then they gave one example where they were very very lucky not to concede a, concede a goal Um I, I just think it's it's exhilarating. It's 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 so so exciting. Um, he has given his players an incredible self belief that they can pass their way through pretty much anything. They went to Manchester City and had more possession than Manchester City in their home ground. That's I think incredible. it was the only time it's ever happened to yeah. to sorry twice now it's happened to Pep actually it happened against with with Arsenal, Arteta Arsenal, yeah, yeah with Arteta <laughs> a couple of weeks later but the Zerbi was the first to do it. Um but look Arteta has a, a higher class of player to pull that off with than than the Zerbi has. Um he's really really interesting. I I assumed 
life was only going to go one way for, for Brighton when, when Potter left to be honest with you I thought Potter had done a fantastic job I thought he was grossly overachieving with Brighton and normally when a manager who was consistently overachieving with you leaves um, trying to replace him with somebody who can do similar is an extremely tough task they've managed to replace him with somebody who can do even better again which you is gotta, remarkable you got to say as well that shines well on Potter that he had those players in place to actually you know even outperform as they did under him and it looks like his time at Chelsea they might have just had well, that well, swing that is goal is confirmed two, one, they, they 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 their players are too good not to be playing as bad uh, they, as were that, go, they were good against Dortmund they were and they mean, were up for it like, yeah, uh, they, uh, as opposed to as Dan was saying Spurs were not up for it and how can you not be up for it yeah, like oh it, yeah like ch- how, ch- how Chelsea played and the, the relentlessness in the first half they had disappointments and they kept coming they kept coming and that's it like not to you just were expecting something from mm-hmm. that against Spurs you know they, you always feel it's like an Irish team in a playoff or something you feel like sometimes you're at your best where you're against the wall and you know you're, 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 you're dead if you're out and Spurs didn't play like that OK got to take a break Dan McDonald, Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward on Football Saturday in Texas 53106 we're on Airtel 5 and we look forward to talking to you after the news Football on Off the Ball With Sky Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport this season This is News Talk And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you through to five This is Football Saturday Remember Football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports You can text us 53106 Tweet us at Off the Ball Listen across the country on your radio and News Talk Watch us as well if you'd like on the YouTube Periscope, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. We're joined in studio by the Cove Ramblers boss, Shane Keegan, also football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward scores in the football world. Everton won, Brentford nil, Dwight McNeil, huge score. Uh, Leeds won, Brighton won, so Patrick Bamford cancelling and out uh, Alexis McAllister's opener. Uh, Leicester won, Chelsea 2, Chilwell and Havertz for Chelsea, Daka for Leicester and Spurs 2, Nottingham Forest nil, Harry Kane with both goals at the new White Hart Lane Crystal Palace and Manchester City is a half-five kickoff. Bristol City 2 Blackpool nil a result in the championship it's Birmingham 2 Rotherham nil Burnley 1 Wigan nil Coventry nil Hull nil also goalless Preston and Cardiff QPR 1 Watford nil it's Reading nil Millwall 1 Sheffield United nil Luton nil it's Swansea 1 Middlesbrough nil West Brom 1 Huddersfield nil in Scotland Celtic beat Hearts 3 nil in the cup and we can go to Italy as well, JD. Read the Italian correspondent. Yeah, Empoli nil, Udinese won. Um, but the interesting thing about that is that Festi Ebicelli was a sub uh, late enough in the second half, but seems to have done quite well. It's, it's actually weird, like you look at the scoring apps and you have the little flags next to the players mm. and you look at the Udinese bench today and you've got two uh, two tricolours there because um, uh, James Abanqua is also on the bench for Udinese today. But uh, Ebicelli has come on. That's a couple of appearances for him now. So they won one nil. Seems There's one account there uh, that you're, I'm sure you're aware of Dan the, the Irish Abroad one on yeah. uh, that you can follow on Twitter you seem to have it set up in some sort of automated way yeah. that you get a notification every time anything happens with an Irish player and like some of the notifications that come up JD are brilliant I was in a home last week a notification came up from a player that I remember when he was used to manage against him at schoolboy level when he was 14 Carl McHugh do you remember Carl? Yes he's from Donegal so, Notification coming up telling me that Carl McHugh had just been booked in a game in India he, I was, <laughs> <and I'm> like, <laughs> I was just going to say Fair play to your man whatever way you set it up it's brilliant Yeah because Carl McHugh people might remember he scored some big goals for Bradford remember Bradford yeah. were on those League Cup runs and Carl McHugh he ended up in Scotland and then yeah I was thinking he was in India last I'd heard but 
I didn't know he was nice. still there. Actually, something probably should mention because probably won't talk about young Irish players. Um, but the Ireland under 17s are going to qualify for the European Championships basically on Monday, barring a, a sort of a, again a Devon Lock style collapse. Like during this week, they they drew two all with Italy, having been two 0 up and can, then went and beat Ukraine 3-0. But Mason Melia, who was a young striker with St. Patrick's Athletic, 15 years of age, um, so I think he might be out of his age group, um, scored a hat-trick, and they're basically, barring a dramatic collapse, they're going to qualify. Where are they? Where are the Euros? They're in Hungary in May. Right. So, um, but it is going to be a great achievement, and look, it's at a time when... I think this is I'll go back to the crest thing now but like that's you know players who are like 15, 16 years of age and it's early days but it's like a lot of these lads are playing in the underage national leagues now again a lot of them would have been involved with their schoolboy clubs prior to that so it's not about pitting one for the other it's actually showing that we've had a change from maybe one you know from lads sort of being in that team um, you know the DDSL representative sides and the Kennedy Cup teams and we've now transitioned towards the underage national leagues and clearly our, our players are still able to compete on a European stage at a good level which is, which is which is really encouraging of course the thing is now and the big Brexit fear is that these lads are 16 where do they go and it shows that we have talent coming through to a certain point but at 16 to 18 in this country that's where we really need to really invest well we need to invest in a lot of places but particularly there so that these lads Get the same standards at home. That like clearly, it would get, yeah. clearly they're benchmarked favorably with other kids the same age in Europe to this point. It would appear, and it's what happens now. And as I said, hopefully they qualify because that's the stuff that drives the debate on the things. I think like it's, that. it's money. Bankers, right? like, yeah. so the players going to non-UK countries in the EU. But that's that like Mason like. Media. You'd imagine, and just some chat of it, it's going to like he's fifteen years of age. There's no way for him to go to England now. Um, so it's going to have to be Europe or stay at home. And so yeah. you have to make sure they're and well the stay served. at home option. I think the advantage, at least with the stay at home option, is because some of these young fellas are so talented. Is they're in training in first team setups and first team environments, obviously far, far, far quicker than they would be if they were going across the water. Now, does that quite counterbalance with the? Well, you could also stay. You could also stay in school. You could stay living at home as well, which I think, in terms of development, I had to look up. He's uh, he made his debut, I think, in the Leinster Senior Cup against Wexford. It's Mason Melia, this is Mason yeah. Melia. Sorry, and yeah. he came on, and um, he was actually younger than Sam Curtis making his Pats debut, which I thought was interesting. But he got. I just looked at look look back on the video yesterday of his goal. He got this wonder goal uh, for a fifteen year old, and he's already kind of on the fringes of that um, sort of Pats system. And obviously, it's a name to look out for. You're always wary of talking, and I do it too much talk and young players up but as Dan mentioned like JD a League of Ireland underage team effectively to qualify for that Yeah it's not just Lee I would say there's an interesting uh, player in that team Trent Coney Doherty yeah. Yeah. who's at Liverpool star, like. but because he lives in Derry he was able to move at 16 and there's one or two other players based in the UK so presumably their eligibility but and it is predominantly a League of Ireland underage team doing it And again um, on all that JD the one thing I would encourage people to do if they can at all or if they're in that part of the country is the under 19s group is where we're hosting the under-19s group, which is in Wexford and Waterford yeah. um, the week after next. So a fantastic opportunity to see see the Irish under-19s and, and, and what we're producing at the moment because we are, there's no doubt, our underage sides. And again, I couldn't, I also couldn't speak highly enough of, of the, like, we had years, years, Dan, as you know, of people over our international underage teams where you would question had we the right people in charge and there seemed to be you know, some people in roles for forever and ever yeah. um, 
Whereas the current crop of, of underage managers that we've got, I really I just could not speak highly enough of them. There's some fantastic, fantastic people in charge of some of the in some of the gigs and potentially another underage appointment on the way with if if, if Trevor Crawley yeah, we, we, gets over the line. Trevor Crawley's in talk last night and we were, we were I was talking to him briefly and like it was in the paper, I think Paul O'Hare may have reported, but I got the feeling, I don't know Shane, do you feel it's like the, the underage coaches, they seem to be fairly selfless in terms of like this is about the development of the players and th- there seems to be a little from my general experience talking about kind of a lack of ego involved um, and like if, if Trevor Crawley goes in we'll say with Alan Reynolds and um, Jim, Crawford. Jim Crawford you're like that, that, that'll be they're just three really likeable people who they just give me the impression they're, they're there for the betterment of the players like no doubt no doubt and I'll, I'll give you a practical example John um, that I, I don't think I don't think would necessarily always have been done um, one of our boys was in with the Irish 19s uh, last month Um quite well by all accounts well the reason I say that I know he did quite well is so Tom Moan picked up the phone the week after gives you a ring as the manager as his League of Ireland manager to let you know how he did what he did well what he could maybe do a bit better and to kind of almost jointly put a development plan in place for that player over the next while as to how we can help him kick on you know proper you know proper engagement proper communication around what's best for the what's best for the player you know it's a great, it means a fantastic thing to leave Ireland as well, JD. That all of these underage players, when they then represent the country, like it's such a it's such a proud moment for the League of Ireland team. Go United to have players representing Ireland and a lot of really good players coming up, and that's the one um, good thing that happened under the old FEI was the national underage leagues. I think it's Game been changing. fantastic, Game and it was it, it could only po- possibly have happened in the regime that was there because it was such a complex thing to get through. And by hook or by crook, we've this situation now with Brexit where. If you go to League of Ireland game, you might see a young kid who's going to be like an absolute star, like and Evan Ferguson made his debut at fourteen for Bowes against Chelsea. Was it um, young Melia now? And you see players all over the country. And I, I think for Shane to come into Cove in the old days might have been something, but now you're coming in and you're inheriting all these young teams as well that are representing the club, and you're looking at players that have that pathway to play for Cove Ramblers or beyond. Five three one zero six. You want to get in touch on any of that? Uh, Jurgen Klopp speaking about Gary Lineker. Uh, I'm not a native, but I cannot see any reason why you would ask somebody to step back for saying that. But that's the world we're living in. Everybody is so concerned with doing things in the right manner and saying the right stuff to everybody. If you don't do that, then you create a storm. And we didn't have when we were young. It's not the guy with the BBC mic today is a bad person. I'm not sure I was asked to, to have an interview with the BBC. I heard the, about the rules of BBC that you're not allowed to have those kind of opinions. It's a difficult world to live in and fulfill all the expectations, particularly in public. I cannot say any more about it. So you're going to clap there. Um, BBC apologising after weekend sports shows axed as this uh, rumbles on across the, the water. Tomorrow in the Premier League, we have uh, a number of matches uh, going on, including Fulham at home to Arsenal, Manchester United at Southampton. That game live here and off the ball. West Ham, Aston Villa and Newcastle against Wolves. Uh, also with second commentary and off the ball. Um, are you a disciple of Arteta? Is he going to get Arsenal to the promised land, Shane? I think you have to be impressed by... By, by the overall body of work at this stage, John, I think I've mentioned on the show that when we encountered them um, a couple of years back in the Europa League, he was, you know, a bad result or maximum two away from, from probably getting his, his P45 at that stage. He was under an awful, awful lot of pressure um, and he's completely and utterly turned it around since then. They're, they're, they've been very, very impressive. They really, really have. Will they get over the line this season? I still don't think so. Um I don't know why. It's just nearly gut. City have so. a better squad, less injuries. Arsenal have issues at the back. They conceded maybe two goals from corners in the last week. 
Yeah, yeah, to be, uh, yeah, all those things. And yet, you know, an Arsenal fan will argue that they have done, you know, they've dealt reasonably well with uh, with no Gabriel Jesus. And then even Eddie Nketiah found himself out of the team as well. And, and Martinelli seems to have kind of reveled in going into the centre forward role. And the views Trossard there as well. I think they've shown an awful lot of you were buzzing to see You were buzzing to see Reese Nelson come on and. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, so when I, I did a piece recently talking to the Dundalk lads, including Shane, who were. Um, played against Arsenal in 2020 and Reese Nelson was the player on the pitch that all the Dundalk players were raving about but then he just went missing afterwards it just goes to show like Chris Shields gave me his number one vote in the Ballon d'Or voting that year after after trying to mark him he tells me but uh, by the, and by the way John that's a really really interesting one is that those substitutions last week my like you talk about being cutthroat I don't think it's been kind of noticed or talked about enough so, Smith Rowe yeah my God, like that takes unbelievable kind of oh, cutthroat move. So Smith Rowe comes on after 24 minutes. I can't remember who went yeah, off injured. It was Leander Trossard, yeah. Leander Trossard. Smith Rowe comes off. on, takes him off with about 20 minutes left, brings on Reese Nelson and Reese Nelson goes and wins the game. Would you like have been ruthless enough to do something like that? Well, I'd like to think it... I'd like to think Only if you're wearing the suit. Be, <laughs> Only if you're yeah. wearing it. Sorry, Shane, there's a revelation here. Shane Keegan is not going to shave his beard until... Is it he lose a game or...? Yeah, I, you know, I've never been superstitious about mm. anything before and I kind of half said it joking after the first result just at home in my house like I haven't said it to the players or now I'm saying well, it now you're saying on the world it'll <laughs> yeah. yeah. be um, like uh, 120, uh, 128,000 listeners it's getting I'll take someone of them in cold well, next Friday night under wraps, aren't I? I'm doing a good job of keeping this under under wraps yeah so hopefully JD it becomes completely and utterly out of control over the next few weeks you do wonder about Arsenal though like the, the emotion of all these like, wins and, like, and, you, and you sort of assume now you can't sustain this but then I was just thinking about like Argentina at the World Cup and probably would have said that you can't like you can't like be on this roller coaster like it's you're eventually it's just gonna the wheels are gonna come off at some stage but like maybe it's just pairing them in a weird way like the late goals it has now, to give you a level of they just have to believe now that they can it's- it's get like, away with anything yeah, it's, full of, it's, it's like, full of the emotion isn't it's he, like the old testing. Fergie time like you just believe that you're, you're going to find a winner and the, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy the more you believe you're going to find that late winner the more it seems to bloody happen just three clean sheets in their last 18 home Premier League games Arsenal away to Fulham tomorrow um, was that just a blip Man United was that just a freak because they're playing too many games and they go and beat, beat Betis then 4-1 with what Veghorst, Anthony and Bruno Fernandes all scored yeah I, I think so I really do think so look at um, Liverpool today yeah, I, I, I had this conversation elsewhere. I definitely think it's a blip. I think there's been a complete and utter overreaction, overreaction. to a complete overreaction. Overreaction to the result, overreaction to the question of Ten Hag, overreaction in, even to Bruno Fernandes. I'd even be inclined to defend him a little bit in the whole thing. Um, a complete and utter overreaction. They had lost what what would Arsenal fan or sorry, what would Man United fans rather? They've lost two of their last twenty two games. Would they rather they'd lost five or six of their last twenty two but hadn't been hammered? By Liverpool, would they be, you know, would that suit them a little bit better? Um, he's done a, a brilliant, brilliant job there. He really, really has. Um, and it's hard to wrap your head around what the hell happened last week. But Liverpool yeah. followed that up by losing at Bournemouth. Like, you get on with it. And Liverpool didn't suddenly become a great team in the space. This was a freak, freak result. I could not believe it. Eight shots on target, seven goals in Premier League. Like, that probably will never happen again. It's so insane. Um, but Man United under Ten Hag have been outstanding and I, I, it's just one of them days I guess they should have been ahead in the first half it was 1-0 at half time that's grand 
and then they conceded two quick goals and then they probably mentally give up a bit but he's done an unbelievable job as far as I'm concerned I'd still be a lot more confident going forward in him than Klopp in the rebuilding in my view Well he's got the political capital now to get who he wants in if he has the money um, bit of comfort though with him and some of the players he used to work with as Martinez, Anthony bit of comfort there like that course not a Manchester United player in my view um, that's a little strange bit of a worry strange he started I mean strange that he's there now they got us if, yeah. if, if I was them I'd be signing Harry Kane you know get Harry Kane into the club and he deserves our blessing as a Spurs oh. fan and Ferguson Brighton scored here but he all but scored Evan Ferguson maybe should have scored but Brighton have scored it's sunny March but there's a, a ball across the box that Ferguson I think it was Ferguson trying to get his on foot the ground, to it, yeah, but I think, I think so. there was a Leeds defender made a desperate block but we'll see um, I haven't watched much of Brighton but Shane, what Shane was saying they are actually it's very entertaining they're, they're I'm struggling to, to take my, ha- my eye it's, off it's, it's fascinating JD 2-1 like, they lead Leeds and it's really exciting that like, uh, like we were talking about Evan Ferguson but I have to mention Andrew Moran who's there as well another young Irish player who's very highly regarded just a slightly later developer um, but this guy's going to be a fantastic player for Ireland as well I think oh. Ferguson's fouled there pretty much I think he's actually pulled back yeah and I think actually it. that the player trying to stop the ball from getting to Ferguson inadvertently takes a shot on goal That's which is foul. saved by the keeper and it's actually a, a double it's an OG the, the, the fullback is foul on Ferguson the three is foul on Ferguson Toma is so good lads he, yeah. he's such, he's cross. such a Ferguson has been held back I think but it's, an OG. It's, it's an own goal at the end so of watch it, Ferguson but, uh, here that's a foul it's nearly an OG keeper saves rebound comes out and I think they Still managed to then score. It would have been a penalty, I think, if if Leeds hadn't, uh, if Harrison hadn't had fully Fascinating, JD, because basically what we're seeing every single time Brighton get the ball is that they are sending four to five players over the halfway line saying, we don't want to see you until we get the ball up into your half. They're then trying to play out against a heavy, heavy press for Leeds. So essentially every Brighton possession is either... Brighton getting through the press and immediately creating a chance or Brighton getting caught trying to get through the press and Leeds getting a chance it's so crazy it's so crazy yeah. the bottom that Everton are up to 15th at the moment in the live table and Leeds are 19th yeah. uh, with Everton yeah. leading Brentford by goal to Nilla Goodison with that Dwight McNeil Everton Leicester 16th they're losing to Chelsea 2-1 Bournemouth 17th after that win out of the drop zone West Ham and Southampton in 18th and 20th if, places respectively if Brighton were to win their games in hand mm, they're top four they're they are actually okay. Newcastle are in the same boat, but um, they're they're in a pretty good position. Like they're Be level on points of Spurs. They're, with a, better oh, goal they're a point behind Liverpool uh, with two games in hand. Like it's it's a shocking so. thing to say, but like from from a viewer's point of view, I would much rather see Brighton into Champions League than Spurs. Well, I, I, I just, uh, Spurs have just scored, as I just said that. Uh, there's a da- yeah, there's a danger. Like they've just got momentum, Brighton. Like I, I think the the thing is, like every time you see them, they're generally quite good. Young you know, son, and you sort of think. I mean, what, there's like 14 games left. Um, okay, maybe their squad isn't the deepest in parts. I mean, even the fact that I mean, it's brilliant for Ireland, but like that, an 18-year-old striker has yeah. gone in and become their yeah. number one. Like, they're clearly, you know, you gotta think one or two p- injuries could could pose them some difficulties, but... The potential of, of Obafemi up front with Ferguson against France and like going pretty gung-ho in a game like that. What, what do you think, Shane? I mean, it's very exciting to think about it. I think if Ireland lost playing really good football against France, the crowd would nearly give them a bit of a pass and say, God, you've gone for it here. But Obafemi and Ferguson, who obviously haven't played together, I'm just thinking, God, that would be interesting. Because Obafemi, he's not, he's not a one-trick pony. And he's very, very quick. Um, 
yeah, what, what do you do I, with your midfield? Is that the natural yeah, partnership? Exactly. What happened behind? What and what, how are they that? out of possession as well? Uh, so that's yeah. I don't I don't know what he's going to. I'd be surprised if that was the partnership. Like in in modern fans. international football, it's so so hard to be able to accommodate two out and out front men yeah. like, mm. for a start. That's that's unless you play over Femi off either side, possibly. But mm. I think you're more likely to play Ogbeni off one of the sides. I would have thought with his defensive yeah. skill set. Yeah. Uh, five three one and six lads. Who'll be in goal versus France? Kelleher or Bazuna? Says Mick in Cork. It'll Baz- be Bazuna, obviously. Bazuna, yeah. Yeah. Kelleher's not in the Liverpool squad today, but yeah, it's it's just a, a, an injury. I think. Watch injury. The, the highlights as I mentioned match today. Southampton last week. Bazuna. Struggling, struggling a bit. Oh at the moment. my god, he was all over the shop at times with ball in possession, and yeah. just he looked. He was very, very lucky because Southampton won the game, but he got a clean sheet. Gave yeah, the ball, he gave the ball straight to you. Actually, I was just like, I hadn't seen him play in a while. I was like, God, he's he definitely he's, he looked like a fellow that was a short of confidence. Obviously, the Kelleher thing is interesting in that he's he's finally making the move and wh- what level he'll go to what level is he at I, I don't know but it'll be interesting would Spurs go for him John? Um, have to go for somebody that's for yeah, sure how good is Kelleher? he's a Premier League standard goalkeeper yeah. definitely Kelleher it's, it's, I mean I don't know where he'll go I would have thought Leicester last summer would have been one that would have Leicester worked. now yeah like, and you have to see who goes up like, who goes down sorry Um but I think, and it's not confirmed Kelleher's moving, but it's obviously, that's the strong speculation and his words before the start of the season suggested. I mean, here's the thing, like Bazunu has obviously been, is is in the in the firing line and he's facing question marks, but we actually, we've never seen Creeping Kelleher play five exactly. games consistently. In a struggling team as well. He's played four league games, I think, in his life. League games, yeah. you know, or some very small number like that. So, um, it will be Bazuna. Like the squad's named on Thursday. Um, I don't think the goalkeeper debate is as big a debate as it has been previously because first team football because Keller hasn't been playing. Yeah. Not a lot of positions where you're sort of half wondering now. Certainly, I am anyway. Who will play? And um, I'd say if we picked three teams here, we'd we'd all pick different teams. I don't know. Plenty of options, all right. Yeah. Some players, Mikey Johnston, does he get a look in this new lad? He'll be in the squad. I think. I think they they, they they've gone and they've gone pursued the clearance for a reason um, so and Stephen Kenny spoke about him the week before last and feels that and I, I don't know if Shane's seen much of him when he was playing regularly at Celtic but Kenny's view he's always been looking for wingers since he's become the manager he's like if you think about even the grandparent rule previously um, like he brought in CJ Hamilton now he was nearly gone just as quickly um, but he's always wanted that type of player he, he spoke admiringly about like you, we asked him about League of Ireland players last year and he mentioned Ferruja because he likes the he always feels that you need that type of dribbler he was actually disappointed with Aaron Connolly one of his comments about Aaron Connolly's regression or struggles was that he'd maybe lost some of his ability to dribble um, and that's something he, he feels like he lacks players who can do that dribble and go past people if you look at Mikey Johnson's uh, show reel on his good on his best days, like he is a good dribbler, you know he can take players on, and Kenny clearly feels there's room for someone like that in a squad. So I think he will be in the squad, JD. I mean they play Latvia. He's got the eligibility now. They play Latvia on the Wednesday um, before playing France the following Monday. Uh, I'd imagine he would be involved in that game. I would also imagine it would be a bit of a leap to imagine he'd have any role against France. Um, as we watch Evan Ferguson be substituted here um, and like the benefits of that Latvia game now like I think a couple of months back there would have been a suggestion of well it's just going to be pure second string um, but you actually think now do you want to get Matt Doherty on the pitch is there some people who haven't been playing football at all that mm. you need to give them 90 minutes against Latvia or 60 minutes against Latvia just to get their eye back in um, but I do think yeah Mikey Johnson I don't know Shane have you seen much of him um, at all when he was when he was playing for Celtic 
I saw it, yeah, but that that would have been the last time. I have to be honest, I wouldn't have seen him since yeah. then. Um, and he, I mean, when he first appeared, he looked he looked so so good. I mean, there was all I suppose very much McGeady kind of yeah. talk and McGeady comparisons. Um, JD really around him, and it just seems to have dissipated a little bit or gone askew. Like I don't think again, I'll, I'll plead the fifth there. I, I don't know. Is he? I don't think he's starting even that regularly at club well, level at the moment. Is he? He started. Over in Victoria, uh, he was brilliant before Christmas and was playing okay. every week. And just the reports were very positive. It's since Christmas that he's been in and out of the side. Okay. Now Kenny's point: I mean, they are fifth in the Portuguese league, and Kenny's argument is that's a very high standard yeah, of yeah. football. It's a very tactical league, um, but it's certainly it's a, it's a little note of deflation that he hasn't been involved in recent weeks for whatever reason. Um, and I don't know is it because they know it seems to be they know that he's not going to be there beyond the summer and clearly it seems like he's going to face some kind of decision on I, would, I would assume he I would assume he is a cert for the squad based on the fact that surely a player only jumps through these hoops to push it that oh, yeah, if they've I think been given if they've been given kind of clarification in the background I, that you're going to be involved I'd be shocked if he yeah, wasn't yeah, if he's not in the squad there's been a very unusual <clears throat> late twist whether he's in the team is really the I know I think, I think I think he'll probably get a cap against Latvia I would okay. think a yeah. couple of big messages coming in Michal Murphy father of Nathan of course <laughs> tell Shane to book the barber for next Saturday and Declan McCormick, Cork City fan, surely the beard gets cut Friday night. So I'm I'm not underestimating this as uh, as a Johnny, trip. Johnny, he scored nine goals against us. I'd be disappointed if he don't beat us by five. We had none of none of our strikers had scored up until last night. Three of them scored last night. So <laughs> the truth is in between. Um, Cove, Cove Rambler is absolutely the uh, the left field uh, kind of candidates this season. And I actually didn't mean to say this here. Being back in management, and you know, you you were a good while out from League of Ireland management. What's mm. it like? Still, the buzz as much as ever. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, we've spoken about it before. It, there's no doubt. It's it's an addiction. It's. A, Is there a WhatsApp group for the team, the squad? There's a WhatsApp group for the squad. Yeah. Are you in that? I mean, yeah. Well, at most clubs, you'd find there's two WhatsApp groups. There's the formal one, which includes management, and then there's the informal one where there isn't management, and that's where they all moan about management. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> that's how most most teams work. But uh, no, look, it's. I wonder if that's the case at like big club like Man United and Liverpool. Oh, definitely. Sure what's yeah, it's, it's only people WhatsApp are groups, people. That's, that's, they, uh, WhatsApp groups are dangerous. Like they are dangerous. Oh, like, like Dan and I've owned a horse together, and it's been a debate sometimes. Do you have the trainer in the in the syndicate group, or do you not? Because if See, the horse starts to derail, it's like you you notice this tone changing exactly whereas you can basically thing. say everything under the sun about the trainer if he or she isn't in the group we have a nice WhatsApp group particularly Johnny we, we do yeah. we, it's called steak yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like to put a bit of meat to the bone it's, it's actually the fact that it was arranged for JD to bring us out for Christmas and we just steak <laughs> oh, it is all like, yeah. what's that WhatsApp group called again I want to give out a, oh yeah steak but it's all yeah. no, it's, it is all WhatsApp groups now Like, yeah. Yeah, and at the highest level sure wasn't that one of those things one of, one of the big athletic pieces uh, the Athletic I mean they do have a style where a new manager goes to a club and then like a month or so later it's one of these issues where like reporters maybe even very much embedded with a club mm-hmm. they'll get this glowing piece about all the amazing things they're doing behind <laughs> yeah, the scenes doing. Frank, Frank, three Lampard, weeks to read. Frank Lampard introduced the WhatsApp group you know I was like well this, this guy's an absolute genius you know like I mean as I said you can arrange it for a stag for a weekend I think like one for a team who worked together but but like, you were chatting to, chatting to people at the World Cup and I think like FIFA did a lot of their sort of internal 
business over WhatsApp groups. You know, you'd have sort right. of um, some of the top, <laughs> t- the top dogs. What, like be, about the bitch? Yeah. Well, Dan, yeah. Dan was at a stag last weekend and I was taken out of the stag WhatsApp group on the Saturday. Because you didn't go to it. Because I didn't yeah. go to the stag. But then on the Sunday, I was whisked straight back into a WhatsApp group of pints back in Dublin on the Sunday night. Right? <laughs> Couldn't go to that either. What happened to those 24 hours? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, uh, yeah, so like, well, you're just, you, you have no control over it, but you're, you're taken into a WhatsApp group. Are you group still going to the wedding? You didn't go to the stag. You didn't go to the points the day after the stag. Uh, I, I, some, I was in London, in fairness. But, um, okay, yeah, so I, I am, yeah. And I, in fairness, I, I have a stag with this individual every week as it is. So, um, you know, in the local. So, uh, Shane, have you ever been in a... I was going to say, Shane, have you ever been in a... Like, it's like the whole thing where you text the wrong person. Have messages ever gone noticeably into oh. the wrong group? You know, you haven't had that experience. I said, imagine oh, yeah, that yeah. stuff oh, has to happen. I, I've been in groups where the stuff has gone in. Actually, it happened. So it happened today, right? So, <laughs> if, if, so if you're if you're a non-starter, right? So if you didn't start last night, well, the rule, general rule is if you played less than thirty minutes, you're given our S and C coach, who's top class size job, prescribes work for you to do the next day, right? Now you are then meant to take um, a screenshot of your app on your phone that has monitored all your running, mm. and then send it directly to our S and C coach. But particular player today <laughs> sent the screenshot into the overall team group rather than directly to the SNC coach ah. which then leads to the player pylon of oh aren't you great fella oh, <laughs> look at him showing off what he's doing and yeah he that's fairly benign once it wasn't a picture <laughs> yeah, of a, yeah. a GPS oh, no, strapped no, to no, a dog <laughs> and it's just sent to the player group going I've got these I've, I've got them again it just keeps working WhatsApp <laughs> is so dangerous though because oh. like it's it's obviously very addictive and if your your brain's a bit frazzled which mine often is and you're talking about somebody but you want to put that into a group or text it to somebody else but you text obviously that person then. instead and your heart starts to like oh my god what have I done here um, I've done that I did, confessions. A few, did a few months this ago messages deleted. frantically deleted it frantically yeah. deleted it and just got out of jail was slagged in the group and kind of in private messages you got away with one there son I go I know I know I know <laughs> thank god he or she and he or she will remain nameless isn't on whatsapp all the time unlike me you're trying to reflect on the uh Gold confession. Uh, the Women's National League, Shelburne tuned up on Bohemian 73 minutes on the watch. Jesse Stapleton and Megan Smith lynched with the goals. In the Six Nations, Wales have won 29-17 away to Italy. England-France kicks off in 15 minutes. In the Hurling League Division 2A, Offaly 119, Carlo 112, a result from Tullamore. Kildare 220, Kerry 21 points in Newbridge. In the very Ireland Camogie League Division 1B, Wexford 415, Offaly 27, a result. And also full-time Antrim 1-7, Waterford 14 points. In the Premier League, Spurs suffers ratingly leading Nottingham Forest by three goals to nil. Harry Kane with two, Son with the other. Uh, Chelsea 2-1 up away to Leicester, Chilwell and Havertz. Leeds 1, Brighton 2. Uh, Brighton just taking the lead there and Everton won Brentford nil Dwight McNeil they're still in front uh, at Goodison Bournemouth won Liverpool nil the result from earlier oh, Crystal Palace and Manchester City will bring well you the back. teams after the break half five start in the championship Birmingham 2 Rotherham nil Burnley 2 Wigan nil Coventry nil Hull 1 Preston nil Cardiff nil QPR 1 Watford nil Reading nil Millwall 1 Sheffield United nil Luton 1 Swansea 1 Middlesbrough 2 and West Brom won Huddersfield nil. If you want to text us, you can 53106. This is Off the Ball. Football Saturday until 5 with Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent. The cover amateurs, boss Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward. Don't go away. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport this season. This is News Talk. 
This is Off the Ball Saturday until five. Now, folks, we've got a brand new series starting this week in partnership with Guinness. Over the next few months, in conversation with Brian O'Driscoll, we'll celebrate and share stories from Ireland's leading female athletes and sporting personalities. You can tune in across our digital and social channels for more. All with thanks to Guinness. Always drink responsibly. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. This is Football Saturday. Until five, Shane Keegan, the Cove Ramblers Boston studio with the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward and the Irish Independent football correspondent Dan McDonald. Leeds have equalised 2-2 against Brighton Jack Harrison with a beautiful curling goal yeah there was a lot going on here because was, uh, Danny Welbeck at 2-1 um, he, he sort of bundled his way quite quite uh, innovative uh, bundling into the box and he had a great chance like really just should pull it away totally mishits his shot Does Zerby like kind of tries to cover his eyes with his snood with his snood <laughs> And then Leeds go down the pitch and the goal, who is it at the corner for? Nanto, gets, they get a corner and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing Nanto's name properly, but anyway, um, he gets a corner and as he's taking the corner, JD, a second ball bobbles onto the pitch. I don't know if it's a ball boy or someone from the crowd and he's cute enough to immediately swipe the ball away um, and he passes the ball to the, the proper ball to Harrison who belts it in but Brighton fans, or sorry, Brighton players obviously are all appealing that there was a second ball on the pitch. Now, there was a second ball on the pitch for a millisecond yeah right? is there like I do remember when we had, a, we had a coach in DCU and he was like always 2-1-2 two two with a corner is that not like should you yeah, allow well that is the second time now because they'd done it earlier and I thought it was a little bit risky that they were only sending one out Brighton are sending or Leeds are sending two out overall corners and Brighton were only sending one out so they're basically giving up the fact that they're going to allow you to create okay. a 2 be one so it really came back to bite them there so it did yeah Shane Larry did make the cut at the Players Championship just about but he's two over par Ahead of the third round. Now, the second round has been completed. Adam Svensson of Canada leads on nine under par. The Masters champion, Scotty Scheffler, is in second, two shots back and seven under. Ben Griffin, Minwoo Lee, Christian Bazadan Hout, and Colin Marikawa all on six under par at Sawgrass. Rory McIlroy missed the cut, as did Seamus Power. So maybe they'll go up to Augusta to play a few rounds of golf. 5 3 106. Question for Dan uh, from Brian on YouTube. Do you think there could be a bigger squad at the friendly being against? Latvia and would Hodge be a possibility he could drop back down to the 21s then for the friendly yeah um, Kenny was probably quite uh, negative about Hodge being called up when we spoke a couple of months ago he actually wasn't mentioned last week um, I think I still think it's less likely than than um, that he will be in the final squad but I'm not sure in terms of the bigger squad um, yeah you might see a slightly bigger squad alright but I'm not sure how much bigger? I know Kenny is not a big fan of having like a 28-29 man squad there. He likes to do the 11 v 11 stuff. Um, maybe there might be a one or two extra bodies, but uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see an old school 30-something man squad. I could be wrong. Maybe there's, there's any little injury situations or something where people are coming in later and they want to have bodies for the Latvia game. But as I said, I just wonder with the Latvia game now, will they want to get minutes to some important players? Whereas maybe previously... He mightn't have thought he'd need to get Matt Doherty on the pitch in that game uh, to name just one or two. I should mention the championship. The, I know you've been running through the scores. Like Sheffield United like are having a little bit of a wobble, losing a home to Luton today. Um, and look, these little things matter for, like I think, a player's form sometimes coming international breaks. Like John Egan's a huge player for Ireland, having a, a great season generally, but like obviously his, his future is around getting back to the Premier League. Yeah. And... Uh, Sheffield and I were looking very good and they're having a little bit of a stressful afternoon at the moment and you'd like to see some of these lads come in in great, <laughs> in, in great heart and great form so um, no disrespect to Luton fans out there like they're having a great season they're actually fourth at the moment but uh, yeah, the, the promotion race in the championship is getting uh, it's definitely hotting up with that result or that, that score sorry as it stands at the moment 
Uh, one man who'll be definitely in the Premier League next season is Josh Cullen. He's flying every single week for Burnley and they're running away with it. Yeah, I mean, what a player. 3-0, yeah. Shane um, loves him. Oh, I love him. I really, really do, John. I think he's he's fantastic. His his willingness to consistently get on the ball. Under is he not just tidy? So if you want to be a devil's advocate, he's a tidy player. He's but, but a tidy player can be the absolute heartbeat. Like first player on the team, she's really first for Kenny. Like like what? I don't remember like Roy Keane opening teams up with expansive passing or spraying the ball around. He wasn't. Or, well, or he was. Like I thought he was a deceptively good passer. He Roy was, Keane, though, but he was. Is it the most under, underrated thing in the game? Josh Cullen's a super passer of a ball. He's a super he passer for the of a ball. ball. And he's, he's always he's available for the ball. And that, that, always that in the right area. Well. You, you, stick, you stick Josh Cullen's name into a search on, on a, any day that they're playing and you will see tons and tons and tons of supporters saying best player again yeah. the field today, best player again the field today. What do you think it says that he needed to leave the English system to get back up the English system? Do you know, like it's, yeah, it's I mean, maybe, maybe, route. like, I mean, maybe it would have happened for him anyway because of his ability. But it seemed to me like he would have been perceived as ah, he was an academy player at West yeah. Ham and gone down. But then he goes to Anderlecht. And then he like, was oh, never no, the no. biggest as well. Yeah. That would have counted against uh, him in so, lower divisions, so. without a doubt, it would. Um, certainly. And, oh, look, I think that route is there. I mean, you've, you know. You mentioned uh, Hodge. I think he was another one who you possibly I was thinking, you know, he could do with getting away and getting out onto the continent maybe for a bit because he struck me as uh, yeah. another kind of fellow who was more, nearly more continental in, in style of play um, than your typical British uh, kind of or Irish or British player. Um, but no, look, I, I think he is. I think he is the first name on the team sheet. Jedi, definitely. I think he's a fantastic player and I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how he gets on starting week in, week out in, in the Premier Division next year. Should mention Preston as well. Tom Cannon has scored for Preston in the Championship this afternoon. Yeah, Greg Cunningham assist. Not the jockey. Uh, no, no, not uh, not Edwardstone's uh, jockey next week. No, Spe- but um, speaking of racing, the segue there that I used uh, the Imperial Cup at Sandown today won by was it Isio five to one. Uh, Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden and at uh, Goran Park because Navin was called off. A couple of winners for Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead, interesting ahead of the festival at Cheltenham on Tuesday. Ain't that a shame in the beginner's chase and Lantry Lady in the mayor's maiden hurdle. So Henry de Bromhead getting a couple of winners just a few days out from Cheltenham. Yeah, very best of luck to Henry next week. Um, whether I back Henry's horse or not, it'll be a big week for him. Def- definitely hoping that um, somebody's smiling down on him. And, you know, the honeysuckle story is mad because, like... Um, you know, I, I don't like the mayor's hurdle, but the, the Tuesday, the race, and I know uh, Dan loves Cheltenham as well. And that Tuesday, I mean, it's it's just good to be alive, JD, to see the the supreme into the arc. The roar. The champion hurdle. I mean, possibly the best horse we've seen. And then the honeysuckle story. So many great narratives. And uh, yeah, I hope Henry Duran had a great week. Yeah, you were, you were chatting about Brighton strength and depth, Dan. There's a Webster gone off with a hamstring pull. That could be a, an issue for Brighton over yeah. the next couple of weeks. No, I think with the the top four buzz has uh, has dampened somewhat, even in the space of like ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're you're like me now. You're overreacting to goals here and there. Not in, not in a great game, this. Like I honestly can't take uh, my eyes off. Um, Andy Williams, uh, Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> three, uh, Nottingham Forest one. So Jar Warrell has scored for Forest at uh, the New Wadhart Lane. Just can't. If you're a Spurs fan, you must just absolutely hate this. You must hate this today. Uh, Leicester one, Chelsea three. Matt Kovacic has been given a kind of vote of confidence by Graham Potter he's got the third goal uh, Leeds 2 Brighton 2 we're watching that at the moment Everton 1 Brentford nil. Sean Dyche you've got to hand it to him if, they, if he can keep them up 
and Seamus Coleman obviously a big part of that uh, Bournemouth won Liverpool nil a result in the championship Bristol City 2 Blackpool nil a result latest scores Birmingham 2 Rotherham nil Burnley 3 Wigan nil Coventry won Hull 1 Preston 1 Cardiff nil QPR 1 Watford nil Reading nil Millwall 1 Sheffield United nil Luton 1 Swansea 1 Middlesbrough 3 and West Brom 1 Huddersfield nil I'm in I'm in Milton Keynes next week, JD. So I was looking up fixtures midweek to go to, and I think the most feasible one is Millwall. Millwall are playing Swansea. No one likes us. We don't care. It'd be interesting to go to. I've been to Millwall. Newton, yeah, in 2004 for an FA Cup quarter final against Tranmere, and Robbie Ryan played. Yeah, they've I changed. Saw. They have changed ground, haven't they? So oh, but that that's was a the, long that, time ago. That was the, was the old. They, they'd I've moved been there as well. Yeah, there were uh, the way I described it. There were more police than people. Right, so I when did Mil- they move then? I saw Millwall play a pre-season friendly against Kilkenny City in Buckley Park. Empha. There you yeah. are now. Buckley Park, another oh, long they, loss. They moved in the 90s, I think, John. Did they? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. They would well moved before. But it's I, a, the okay. new den is like one of those things that's like, you know, it's not really that new at all. Right. You know, like it's, okay, it's, yeah. It's, it was it's new. Not the old Obviously, new. everything is new and it's new built. New labour. Do you know what I mean? Like, Any, yeah. Anyone text in and say, like, should, should I do this, should I not? I think it like sounds like an interesting dilemma you're facing, John. Make sure you wear Burberry, though, yeah? Yeah. Danny Mac. McNamara left back Swansea have obviously uh, Ryan Manning and um, we've got this weird um, thing that every single club in London plays London Calling by the clash right before the game I think Tottenham are probably the only one that doesn't right yeah, McNamara is a right back to be clear a right back sorry um, Ryan Manning is is, um, uh, is, at, is at Swansea but um, Idemo Mako as well is at Millwall though I see he's, he, he made an appearance but he's not even on the bench today so he's not really he's not really just looking at, at the, the City lineup. obviously City are yes. playing a half five here as well JD just having a quick look here but they get that up uh, an hour and 15 minutes early Shane let's say <laughs> <laughs> I hope the players know I see uh, Kyle Walker has been left out yeah, well, after his well, antics let's, let's we won't not, go into that too let's much. not go into that but Kevin De Bruyne is also only a sub again yeah he's been um, kind of in and out of the team a bit they're back like again, Pep always fascinates me because he just does such Did he mad play stuff. Bernardo Silva today, then? He has, n- yeah, Silva's playing. I'll, in go, the I'll, I'll, I'll just go through them here. Are, uh, better team uh, with so Bernardo four centre halves. Like. So for yeah. the fantasy footballers among us, uh, uh, Crystal Palace quite in goal. Um, Mitchell Gay, Anderson, and Klein, uh, Milivojevic and uh, Lakonga, the holders. Alise, Zaha, Schlup, and Ayu. And then for City, Ederson and goal, we have what. Stones is back. Stones and Diaz in the middle. Kanji and Ake. Uh, Gundogan, uh, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Grealish, Foden and Haaland. I would say Stones is possibly on the right there. I would say it could be a Kanji and Diaz in the middle. And Stones right and Ake left. But essentially that's that's mad because really what you've got there is four centre-backs. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's that's <laughs> what you do when you get Joe Cancelo out of the club, isn't it? He's, uh, um, so De Bruyne on the bench. Calvin Phillips hasn't really sparkled at all for City. He's on the bench with uh, Julian Alvarez, Riyad Mahrez, Rico Lewis. Just going through the names here. This is, the, this is the reason why they think they, they'll, they'll be contending for all the big honours the Leipzig game is but next week right yeah so maybe he's maybe he's saving De Bruyne the bits I've seen of City Bernardo Silva is playing better than De Bruyne definitely 100% Bernardo Silva has been excellent he was brilliant when he came on against Newcastle scored straight away brilliant in the first leg against Leipzig and De Bruyne has been I don't know he's just been pretty in, peripheral in games for he's all the, the only player who gets the, the ball to Haaland though mm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you're talking about you're talking about strength and depth there and obviously City do have massive strength and depth but I know we only bit, we touched on him a small bit earlier. Chelsea, right? I was looking at the Chelsea injury list today. Raheem Sterling, Thiago Silva, Mason Mount, Edward Mendy, uh, N'Golo Kante, Reese James, Broja, Azbalaqueta, Aubameyang. Yeah. Mother one. of God. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So Ryan Markey in touch. Can you say to Shane, looking forward to the game. Uh, Paddy's Day, really enjoy watching Cove this season. So a nice uh, message on our YouTube channel. 
Yeah, it's 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 uh, there's real potential for that to be a, a really big crowd down there. I'm just devastated here that Johnny thinks he's not going to make it himself. No, I could have made it if it were the late kickoff originally, because I'm in. I can fly out of uh, London fairly um, early Friday. Uh, I can't remember the last time I saw Galway United playing Cove but it's such a oh, it's such a lovely ground Judy. it's real old school kind of um, Cove itself is quite a beautiful town in terms of the sea and all that but Cove is a real it has a unique feel to it it is it is very different yeah. isn't it yeah. you get a lot of Cork City fans going there because it's so close to the city so they just go to see like um, and then you have the, the obviously is the bar still there yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah the bars, it's where the uh, Titanic left from, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Queenstown back in the day, but um, yeah, Shane is king of Cove at the moment. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's king of uh, Queenstown. Yeah, king of Queenstown. <laughs> Queenstown. Yeah. Um, um, I think always trip there goes better. No, they, they look, they moved, they moved the kick off time and everything. JD, there's there's a um, a parade on first, and then our game, and then there's a fireworks display that evening. So it could be a great day down there, particularly a lot of fireworks if, uh, analogies. If on we the can trade there. our own fireworks, exactly. Yeah, yeah you stole um, it on me. You gonna what? What's your opposition analysis telling you about Galway United? Analysis: He scored nine bloody goals last night how the hell do I analyse that Johnny he should be beating us out of sight next Friday could be like Manuel oh, Liverpool this, last this week game Manager playing stuff here yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. by the way uh, England nil France 5 in the rugby in the Six Nations Thomas Ramos uh, with the try for the French at Twickenham that started about what five minutes ago so Keep you up to date on the bulletins uh, across the evening uh, across the Barrow Media Group uh, of stations we are we are coming to the end of the show Judy but for uh, Bohemians to, to be you've three, eight, and a half, you've three and a half minutes Bohemians Go. to be eight points clear of Shamrock Rovers after five games and if if Pats had beaten Bowes last night did you see the Dublin bus thing by the way that was, that yeah. was brilliant yeah the little Dublin bus that's the, the, thing, <laughs> the, the little thing that's got people talking yeah. this was important <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean yeah let's not talk about Rovers having not won a game all year but, uh, <laughs> the Dublin bus the little Dublin bus miniature car that brings out the ball I think they're going to do for the women's game today now they're losing unfortunately for let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about something that actually doesn't matter at all Pats and Rovers on Good Friday or uh, sorry on St. Patrick's Day Pats and Rovers really got into the game and you're like what if one of them loses here like there's no doubt Tim Clancy is definitely under pressure at Pats now I'm not saying that because it, it, like it is they've been booed off the pitch last night and he has to turn it around and I'm, I'm full faith that he will but if they lose to Rovers and Rovers haven't won a game yet you've second last playing uh, third last in the Premier Division with only UCD behind them w- would you Adam and Eva? Well you're talking about managers who could be under pressure Brendan Rodgers like, you'll have to think might be a bit under a bit of pressure Leicester now down to 10 men 3-1 down at home to Chelsea Vat Faz getting the second uh, booking and he's out uh, Spurs 3 Forest 1 Leeds 2 Brighton 2 are watching the end of this uh, Everson 1 Brentford 0 yeah. what a uh, game Julie. yeah it's over it's over and uh, I don't know what you kind of make of that I suppose probably a fair result I, a Brighton will have big, big yeah, reservations because they should have they were controlling the game in the second half and Welbeck's got he, he must score there to make it 3-1 then it's game over um, fat cracking game of football so last like you were at, was it Shelburne? Shelburne, Shamrock Rovers, yeah. I mean, it was Bit of Shells a are the they've got they've scored two goals and they've conceded three goals in five games. So it's the the worst attacking record, second best defensive record, and they made themselves difficult to beat. And Shamrock Rovers weren't able to beat them. Um, I think it was a fair enough result, really. Like Shamrock Rovers had more the ball, but didn't 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 sort of bang the door down like they sometimes do. So. I wouldn't be getting too worried for Shamrock Rovers, but it's a little. I mean, the one thing I'd say about Rovers, their early season fixture list—they haven't been playing like necessarily. Yeah, they've been playing teams. three of the bottom half teams really. They, they, like. they, they've actually got a tough run of games coming up, but mm. Pats I think they're away in the Dundalk after the international break, and then I think they've Bows. So, like, it's not. 
a million that they have, they're seven or eight games in. The game wasn't great last night, Judy, but there's the amount of people there you recognise. It's become the League of Ireland. Has become, and I didn't even put in my report that it was sold out. It actually didn't come into my head. The try was converted and now France have added a, another score. Well, so it's 7-0 uh, to France at the moment. So a little bit of a confusion. Actually, 10-0. 10-0. France have, have now extended their lead against England at Twickenham. So the best of luck, Shane. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, Judy. Enjoyed it. Get the suit and the WhatsApp group sorted. Get that beard sorted. Johnny and Dan, thank you so much. Uh, Offer Football Saturday today. Don't forget, folks, um, to tune in tomorrow from 1 to 7 uh, on Football Saturday. Uh, into segueing into Off the Ball Sunday. So, Off the Ball back tomorrow. Joe Malloy uh, in the chair from 1 to 7 here on News Talk. We're showcasing two live and exclusive commentary games in the Premier League. Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr providing the call at Manchester United's game against Southampton from Old Trafford. Then Nathan Murphy and Kenny Cunningham describing the match between Newcastle and Wolves in St. James's Park. Ashley O'Reilly, our reporter on the ground in Edinburgh for the Six Nations showdown between Ireland and Scotland. That's all on the FM. Also, the Sunday paper review with Fionn Davenport and Dion Fanning across our digital and social channels from half 11. Be sure to join us tomorrow then for some great commentary, updates and conversation. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with Shane Keegan, Dan McDonald, and Johnny Ward or the Saturday panel, marking your card for Cheltenham with Robbie Power, Paul Nolan and Andy McNamara. You can find the podcasts on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Thanks for listening to us today across the country here on your radio and news talk. Just before I go, one word, Dan, not for Cheltenham. Oh, one word. Put that, me on the that side. Down. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Empera Pass. There's three names, though. Yeah. Oh, it's a um, not for Shalom. Uh, probably uh, Mighty Potter. Mighty Potter. Johnny Ward, Tom McDonald, Shane Keegan. Thank What's you yours, so much. Vossalay in the Hunter's Chase on Friday. <laughs> Barry O'Neill, yeah. Wexford's finest. I know he's going to get top, a top man, a and, winner finally at Cheltenham. And really, um, I have a piece on Monday, but his trainer David Christie um, wishing just David the best. He's been a little bit uh, ill of late. Um, lovely, lovely man, and uh, it would be great if either of them could win at Cheltenham. Okay, speak soon, folks. We'll speak tomorrow at one. Bye bye. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport this season This is News Talk